Hey, Francisco, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Glad, glad to be on, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm glad you you uh, you reached out to me, dude. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. Now you're the host of the Baseball Grind podcast. Now people can follow you on IG at the Baseball Grind Pod, as well as Twitter, um, Baseball uh, underscore Grind without the I there. There, so little little, little trickery there. Someone else has it with the I. I don't know who it is. <laughs> so annoying, but uh, yeah. Well, welcome to the show and. You know, I, I guess I look at your background. Obviously, you're a Brewers fan, but your podcast is basically general baseball, both majors and minors. So you know, tell us a little about it. So I'm going to correct you there. I'm actually a diehard Oakland A's fan. Wow, way off and on that the one. Brewers Sorry. are my are my NL team. So I grew up in the Bay Area, grew up in Oakland, um, and then I moved to Wisconsin about six years ago. So now I cheer for the the Brewers. They're my NL team, but like my main, my one true love will all will always be Oakland. Um, but, uh, yeah, so my podcast, like you mentioned, uh, the baseball grind, it basically, it actually started off as a brewer's podcast. Funny enough. Um, I had a couple of co-hosts and then I kind of got, kind of got tired, honestly, of just talking about one team every single day. And it's like, Oh, the brewers can pitch, but they can't hit. Oh, they can pitch, but they can't hit. And, you know, as Yelich washes you back, I kind of got tired of talking the same thing over and over again. So I reached out to a couple guys that I knew in the in the Brewers minor league system. They decided to come on, um, and like eighty something episodes later, I've interviewed over eighty different baseball players, major leaguers, minor leaguers, um, just sharing their baseball grind and their baseball journey. Man, it's, it's been incredible. All right, yeah, I'm back. I kind of threw me off a little bit because I, I saw one of you, in your Twitter handle. You have the uh, Golden State Warriors, uh, you know, jacket on. So I was like a little thrown off there. But I know some people flipping teams that like. Yeah, no, I grew up grew up A's fan, Warriors fan, and uh, Oakland Raiders fan. Now Las Vegas, you know, RIP to Oakland. They're losing all their teams. Gotcha. Yeah, and I see Oakland right now. Like there's a lot of fans protesting this because you know, obviously that franchise is obviously moving. What, what's just your personal feelings on that then? Oh man, I actually did a video about this, and it was probably one of the harder videos I've done because I get, like I said, I grew up a big A's fan. Uh, me, and my my sisters are actually they're they're doing a reverse protest, or whatever you want to call it, like the anti-protest reverse boycott. My sisters are actually at the game tonight, or they're going to be at the game. It's still two hours behind us, uh, but they'll be at that game. Um, at my wedding, I wore custom A's jerseys, me and my wife, to our reception. We walked out. We had A's jerseys on. So big, big baseball fans, big A's fans. And then when I heard the news that they're moving, I mean, they've been kind of like flirting with the idea for years. Um, but never, ever, it never happened. But now it seems like it's actually gaining some momentum. Uh, but knowing John Fisher and the Oakland A's, they'll find some way to like shoot themselves in the foot and and who 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 really knows what's going to happen? But I'm I'm not happy with it. I think they're kind of screwing over all of Oakland, right? We lost their Warriors. They moved to San Francisco. At least they're somewhat close, but it's a whole different vibe when you go into San Francisco. It's more corporate uh, versus Oakland. Um, and then they lost the Raiders to into Las Las Vegas, and now they're losing the Oakland A's, which is again, um, it it really sucks. If I lived in Oakland still or in the Bay Area, I would be so much more upset. But since I kind of already left the whole state myself, um, it kind of softens the blow. And plus, I'd rather visit Vegas now than Oakland, if, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But overall, in general, I, I think it's a, it's a travesty. I think they should not be taking away that team. No, I agree. And like, what's like the issue? Like, I mean, they just can't get a, their own stadium built. Like, what, what's always the holdback with them? Uh, so, all right. So, if like, long story short, a history lesson. Uh, the Giants used to be in New York. 
and they moved to the California and Oakland A's basically gave them territorial territorial rights um, to a lot of that area. So now if they want to build in some of those major major cities, they need permission from the, the Giants and the Giants aren't going to give them permission now that the Giants are actually a powerhouse team. Not as much now, but, you know, they won three World Series in, in the last couple of years. Um, they won't let the Oakland A's move into different uh, different cities in the Bay Area. So now uh, this politics in California when it comes to building is just it's terrible. In the city of Oakland, the politics involved. And then the the owner, John Fisher, who is one of the richer owners, I think he's like the 16th or 17th. He's, he's up there in the middle. Uh, he won't spend money and he wants uh, a, a stadium that's financed by the city because he doesn't want to put too much of his money into it. Um, and he won't he won't sign any players long term. And like I'm sure, you know, every fan of baseball knows the Oakland A's basically trade everybody away. And he's been saying for the last 10, 15 years, once we have a stadium, I'll start signing players. But who really knows? Right. I mean, it's it is what it is. That's this is kind of the way they've been for a while and that's just you know that money ball uh, mentality that he has gotcha so just getting back to yourself um do you have any sort of background in sports journalism or like that or you just decided i'm a sports fan i just wanted to start a podcast literally that so it's funny how the whole thing started i never would have thought i'd be um interviewing players major leaguers guys who i've watched on tv and now like i have their cell phone numbers and i text them whenever you know they do good or whatever it may be um, literally two years ago, or now maybe two and a half years, uh, someone had sent me a message on Twitter and said, hey, you want to come on my podcast? I know you're a baseball fan and just talk for an hour about baseball. I had no idea what a podcast was. I never listened to them. And so I had a, an Xbox mic that I plugged into my computer and we talked for an hour. And I was like, this is the coolest thing in the world. Like, I want to do this myself. Uh, so I kind of launched that, found a couple guys, and then um, that's kind of how it started. And then I kind of told you how it branched off into just interview styles. Me, I have a co-host who does some of my online podcasts. Um, I'm credentialed for uh, Appleton. That's when I was wearing that that uh, Warriors jacket. That's in the the Brewers High A team here in Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, so I go there and interview people. I have a Brewers uh, uh, reliever that I'm interviewing again, or interviewing. Yeah, he's been on the pod, so I've interviewed him again. Um, on uh, this upcoming Monday in person in Milwaukee. Um, no background in journalism. I used to be a teacher, <laughs> like the furthest thing from like sports. And then growing up, I, I didn't play baseball much. I was a swimmer. I swam all throughout high school, uh, but I just been a baseball fan. Season ticket holders, um, just love the game, uh, love talking about it. And now I can do that and talk to people. And honestly, it's kind of selfish of me because like I'm, People will watch it and listen to it and all that stuff. But I'm talking to guys who, you know, most people don't get that opportunity to talk to. And I'm like, I'm never going to take that for granted because it's one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, must be a great feeling. So, like, all these interviews you've done, whether it's a major league player or the, a minor league player, which is, like, maybe the – I'm sure you can name a bunch of – but what's, like, maybe your, your top three or four just, like, oh, man, ones that stick out for you? Question. I should have thought – yeah, I, I was actually just thinking about this not too long ago. Um I had just my last one with Kobe White. He is on the uh, the Rays' uh, 40-man roster. He was supposed to be making his call-up. He should have got his major league debut last year or a year and a half, but he got Tommy John. Um, so now he's kind of rehabbing, and he should be pitching for the Rays in the next couple of weeks or months, depending on how, how it goes with his rehab. 
Um, one of the coolest guys, uh, super fun to talk to. Southern, 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 like, I don't know that he just, he's just a really good talker. Like just really, you know, it's really interesting to talk to and had a ton of cool, funny stories. And it was just, like, just an absolute blast to talk to. Um, he's probably up there. That was re maybe some recency, recency bias, but, uh, trying to think who else I've had on that, like literally has just been, um, Peter Strzelecki, I'm gonna, he's who I'm interviewing again on Monday, but he has one of the cooler stories. Um, and I love telling people about him because he was undrafted, um, picked up by the Brewers, um, and now he's one of their eighth inning setup guys, you know, setting up Devin Williams, who's the best closer in baseball, or one of the top closers in baseball. Um, so Peter Strzelecki was a really cool guy. Um, I'm going to have him on again on Monday. But yeah, man, honestly, I they're all great. Like, I... <laughs> I talk to these guys that hear their stories, the the funnier side of things. Like, um, it's just like I, I'll give you an example. Kobe White was telling us. I said, "What is the weirdest like fan interaction you've ever had?" And he said, "Well, I was I was in the bullpen, and they called a guy to get ready to warm up. So he grabs his glove, his a ball. He's throwing a couple of pitches, and then he realizes he needs to use the bathroom, but there's no bathroom in the bullpen. So he finds a garbage can, and in the bullpen." In front of fans, everyone around, he just goes to the bathroom in a garbage can. And I'm like, it's just the weirdest thing. And then a couple of guys, I posted that and a couple of guys who were on that team DM'd me like, oh, I was there. Or, That's true. It really happened. Um, just hearing these like funny stories like that. Like, honestly, it's just honestly, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like I said, like, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, I always think about that with players. I know Pete Alonso for the Mets had an issue like that where he had to go. And so <laughs> he hit a home run, and then he's ran right into the dugout. So I don't know how those players do that, but that's, that's kind of cool. I just wanted to get back to the minor league player. Is it like a, a maybe a common theme you you hear from them? Like did this a pattern? This promote, okay, they're the ones that are kind of grinding it out for their dream. Is, it, is there any like a common theme you always pick up from them? Oh, for sure. Um, a lot of it is just guys who, who believe in themselves, um, and uh, they're just – they, some of them were undrafted. Some of them were drafted in the 30th round. Some of them are drafted top. I've talked to top draft picks who were like, you know, they're, they're top 10 prospects on their, in their organization, no matter who they are, they all have that same mentality as, as um, I need to develop and I need to do whatever I can to make my dream come true to be a pitcher in the big leagues or a first baseman in the big leagues or whatever it may be. Like the common theme is like, it's, it's them, like they're grinding it out. Um, now, recently, they have a uh, a union for the minor leaguers, but before then, like it's it was bad, man. Like there's a lot of different uh, stories that I would hear um, about, like the grind that they would go through. Yeah, yeah. Again, again, I think a couple of years ago with the the lockout, I think at least it got them some rights because yeah, again, yeah, they would do, have to, like pay a lot of stuff out of their own pocket and stuff like that. And yeah, like I said, it was really rough for them. So um, now again, like what, what I like about your bot podcast you kind of general baseball so looked at some of your recent videos and of course um you know i guess maybe a little yankee flair on that we'll look at the aaron judge peaking thing what, what was your whole deal what was your whole take on that honestly it's it's not illegal i mean i doubt he was um he's just a stud like i mean it's i think it's kind of a coincidental thing where um maybe he was speaking maybe he wasn't but i mean he's one of the best if not the best player i think shohei otani is the best player but he's right up there um, and I think the broadcasters in the Blue Jays booth, I think they may have been, I don't know, maybe a little out of pocket if we're kind of talking about it that way and maybe speculating um, while on air. I don't know if that was necessarily the right move by them. 
Um, but it's it's not illegal, if, even if he was. Um, which I mean, I don't I don't know if he was or not. He said he was looking at the dugout to see who was chirping. Um, I don't know if that's true, but uh, whatever it was, I mean, I think it was a bunch of like nothing, and people just like to hate on the giant on the Yankees. Um, so it's it was a funny video that kind of I liked, and uh, I'm like, you know what, this is a hot topic. I got to talk about it. Yeah, and I agree with you there. I think just think the timing of it, like even if they were able to steal the sign to relay that to a, a coach and then relay that to the bench and for him to peak that third emotion, it's not enough time. So yeah, I just thought much to do about nothing. And of course, you did one of the other videos about those interesting, obviously highlighting the 400 uh, career save of uh, Craig Kimbrell. It was oh, kind yeah. of interesting. Like you see him and Jansen now got 400 saves. Like wow, you just it came so fair. But would you consider both or any of those really Hall of Famers just because they're hitting that goal, or it's just sort of you think of the more compilers? I think anybody who hits that goal is a Hall of Famer. Uh, if you look at the broad body of their work, I mean, I think um, Kenley Jansen for a couple of years, I've, there was kind of that narrative of like, you know, is he going to blow it in the big game scenario? Um, kind of like with Kershaw, like in the postseason, like, can he pitch in the postseason? Yeah, he can pitch in the postseason. He's done and he's won a World Series. Um, I think Henley Jansen, um, it's, I think he's on that borderline of Hall of Fame. I think uh, Craig Kimbrough is, uh, I think he's for sure a Hall of Famer. Um, again, his whole body of work, he came, he came into the league as a closer. That was his, like, they kind of like, through the minors, they brought him up to be a reliever, to be a closer. Um, and he just, he's just, he just had an incredible career. But he also kind of was like, I feel like off the map a little bit. Like we didn't really think about Craig Kimbrough for a couple of years. Um after he left the Braves, but then he came back. And once you hit that milestone, that just shows the longevity of your career, the healthiness that he's had. Um, and then I feel like, yeah, I feel like I don't, I mean, I don't vote. I don't know. Um, there's people who I think should be in who aren't in, you know, Barry Bonds, whatever. <laughs> but uh, so I don't, I can't tell you without a shadow of a doubt they're going to be in. But if I had a choice, I think they would both be on there um, just for being one of the very few people who can say, I think only five or six people have that. 400 save like marker on their resume which is incredible yeah i'm kind of borderline on both but i think if they definitely get the 500 at that point you kind of have to say uh, hey, i don't on. think any of them are going to get the 500 is francisco francisco rodriguez he's not in the hall of fame though so i mean maybe they he, maybe they won't then because k-rod he was dominant like he was he was so good for a while um i don't know i mean there's i guess it just depends on how the voters see it um, and maybe maybe if one of them wins more, one more ring, I think that kind of might solidify their their spot there. You kind of go around baseball. You look at a lot of different players. I'm kind of always like this folks on the Yankees. I'm a Yankee fan. But what's like, I guess, outside of like Otani, what's like some, some exciting players out there that maybe, you know, even a casual baseball fan, you know, wouldn't be, you know, know too much about? Randy Rosarena with the, uh, with the Rays. That guy is probably one of my favorite players. Um, he's absolutely electric. Just what he did in the World Baseball Classic uh, with Team Mexico, and the, the whole story behind that because he's Cuban. No, yeah, he's not even or Dominican. He's not even Mexican, but he somehow convinced the uh, the Mexican governor or president to give him citizenship so he could play for Team Mexico. And um, just with his whole arms cross when he does that kind of stuff, he's just absolutely electric. Um, he's such a good player. And then my one of my favorite players ever is Jazz, uh, yeah, Jazz Chisholm with the uh, with the Marlins. Um, I think he just has like flair. He's drippy. He's swaggy. 
Um, I think he kind of brings a younger crowd uh, to watch him, to watch baseball. I think he's 100% good for baseball. Um, and Luis Arise with the Marlins. That dude has a chance to hit 400, which hasn't been done since Ted Williams. Like, it's, it's something that none of us have seen in our lifetime. Um, and, like, he is – I think he dropped his batting average to, like, 392 or 393 because he went over 4 yesterday or whatever. But he is so close to hitting 400. This late in the season, it's, like, almost unheard of. And in today's game where everyone's striking out, you know, the three outcomes, you, you home run, walk, or you strike out, it's, it's refreshing to see somebody just put the ball in play, you know? That's not all home runs. Some of them are singles, some of them are doubles, whatever it is. But, like, he's just a dynamic player. Um, in a, he's he's going to be the, first per, the second person to win the NL batting title after winning the AL batting title. Um, and he's going to be the first person to do a back-to-back years because there's no way he's not going to win the NL batting title unless he dramatically falls off. Uh, I think the next closest person is like in the uh, 300s, like pretty far away from him. So he has a good shot to be the first back-to-back NL or AL, then NL batting champ, which again is um, completely unheard of. And then one last player, uh, um, uh, Dela Cruz for the uh, for the Reds. Yuri Dela Cruz, like he's just the fastest guy. Like I don't know if you've seen that, like chopper to like first. He beat out like a, a ground or a ball that went to first base at a normal routine ground out. He beat it out. This is like this guy is just absolutely like electric. Uh, and the Reds, they got some young talent. Like they got some dudes who are. Uh, yeah, they're exciting to watch. I mean, I never really cheer for them, but I'm more now kind of being a fan of the game. And like they're just they're they're absolutely he's must watch TV. And, so, yeah, and like a Reds and organization, you know, I would like to see them, even though, you know, I don't do it, they'd like to see them turn around a little bit because they've kind of been in the pits for a while. And we see the Baltimore Orioles, obviously, after many years of them struggling, now they're, they're finally a legit team and now. The Pirates. In, in, at least. And the Pirates as well. So it's just good to see. Now, I actually want to get into that with baseball. I mean, obviously, you look at the Rays and the AL East, they're kind of a, you know, biggish lead, but not that crazy. But really, no one's dominating baseball, if you think about it. I mean, every, every um, league is pretty close now. Do you think there's any reason for that? Do you think maybe the pitch clock and the batter clock has anything to do with that? Because baseball is pretty even right now, up and down. Um, it, it is even, uh, somewhat even. I mean, I, I will say this. The Rays and the Rangers are they're here in the, in the American League. I don't think there's a very many teams. Maybe Houston, if they can finally kind of figure things out. So, I mean, I think the Rays and the Rangers are like the, the top of the class in the AL. Um, I think it's going to be very hard to beat those two. In the NL, I think it's a little bit more closer. Like, but you know, I mean, I don't know. Mar- Mar- Miami, they're one. They have one of the better records in the NL. Um, I don't know if the batting, cl- the pitch clock has to do with anything. Um, I read somewhere, or I saw somewhere, that the pitch clock might be bad for like some of the older veteran pitchers who are um, having to move so much faster than they're normally used to, right? Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if the pitch clock or the bigger bases or anything like that has to do with much of the like. Um, evenness in um, in the game of baseball, but it's it is cool to watch teams that normally like you know suck are actually competitive. Um, even the Oakland A's have just won six in a row, you know. So it's like it's there are so many teams that are playing well, and it's 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 fun to watch because I mean if if you're a fan of a team that just absolutely just is garbage, it's 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 a long summer. It's boring. It's you know it's hard. It's not like 
football works every every week. It's literally every single day, and you're just watching bad bad baseball. So I'm I'm glad there's so much competitive baseball in in for sure. It's just incredible. And it should get interesting in September because now with the you know the way they expanded the, the playoffs, you can have like thirteen or fourteen teams involved. And like you said before, there's so there's so much you know teams that are in it. It's going to make baseball exciting the last couple of months versus you know years ago. Like a lot of fans probably checked out by you know August first. Yeah, especially with the uh, the added wild card and more teams are in it. Um, it gives them incentive to at the trade deadline to actually go all in instead of just selling off. Um, a lot of people were like, "Oh, that kind of watered that waters down the game." I'm like, "No, nah, if you look at basketball, NBA, like half the teams get in, you know, and then football just added another playoff spot." So I think it's I think it's great for for sports. Um, yeah, man, like like I, it's still early in the season, but like playoff baseballs by all by beats is it's, it's the best. I love playoff baseball. Now you mentioned your I guess favorite player to watch, Otani. Um, yeah. Now the Angels are only six games back, so you're not out of it. So you don't think they would trade him, but you think any possibility they trade him in this season? If they trade him, I mean, it, it'd be such a bad PR move, I think, because he sells so many jerseys. I think he's the best player in in baseball. Um, if not, he's definitely the face. Uh, I think yesterday he hit two more home runs. He's like leading the AL in home runs. Um, they should trade him, but they probably won't. Yeah. Now he's going to hit free agency. Obviously, he's probably get. Top dollar. I mean, there's probably three or four teams gonna go after him. Just in the back, I mean, just whatever. Throw it out there. Who do you think is gonna try to sign him? I don't know. I think the Mets might get him, or uh, the Dodgers. I think. I think he likes staying in LA. I think he likes California. If he signs with the Dodgers, he doesn't have to travel anywhere. He can still keep the same place and all that. Um, I think the Dodgers have a really good shot, but I won't count out the Mets, man. They just spend so much money. It hasn't helped them. Like they are still losing. But uh, I feel like they might need to make one more splash, like their owner. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think Dodgers are the Mets. Unless there's some, like, where do you think they'll go? Uh, actually, I would agree with you. I just think the jo- Dodgers, like, uh, the Mets have Steve Cohen now, and he wants to spend a ton of money. He has no problem he, spending a ton of money. Checks, he doesn't care. Yeah, but I think the L.A. thing has an appeal to Otani because he's kind of already there a little bit. and. Again, a lot of like a lot of Japanese people and tourists when they come from Japan, they either go to Seattle because they're used to Itro, or they go to LA. So I just think he has that fan base and that connection. And and of course, LA, they even though like the last couple of seasons the Dodgers haven't really been the same type of Dodgers, but I think they've been kind of Dodgers have been splurging. Like they let Kyle uh, Seager go, they let Trey Turner, uh, Justin Turner go. I'm sorry there. Like, I think they've been saving. I think they're going to make the big splurge uh, for Otani. So if I had to predict. I would say it's going to be the Dodgers. And I'm actually okay that as a Yankee fan because I don't want Otani, even though it would be kind of exciting a little bit, but I don't want him in like the Aaron Judge's backyard. And, of course, there will be all the back and forth you know, all the time. I'd rather have Otani as out of town somewhere else. Yeah, and I think if I'm, if I'm Otani, the Dodgers, they have a really good shot of being competitive for like a while still. I mean, their new the rookie, Bobby Miller, he's 4-0 with like a .86 ERA or something like that. Um, and he's only pitched four. He's only pitched four games, but he's he looks incredible. And like I know they had a lot of injuries on their pitching side of things, and they call him up, and he just looks like he's dominant. Um, they have a lot of young talent still, and they have money to spend. So I think Shohei with Mookie Betts and uh, all those guys, like they'll just it's if he wants to win, which he hasn't won since he's been in Los Angeles or Anaheim, I guess. Um, I think if he really wants to win, I think the Dodgers would be the spot. 
and they have the money to do it. And he's going to get like broken off. Like they're going to give him, <laughs> it's going to be like stupid money. Like it's going to be insane how much he gets. Yeah. I've heard predictions because I think right now what he generates and everything, he's worth like $50 million a year. So yeah. he might be like the first $50 million a year player. Now the Brewers obviously, you know, you kind of adopted them as your kind of your team, but Maybe a lot of you know Yankee fans that are watching this. Maybe they don't because again, Yankees Brewers like kind of worlds apart. Like, how are Brewers fans? How's the Brewer culture? Is there any like cool things about being a Brewer fan that you would know that you know you could share? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, one, like, I mean, if you think about Wisconsin, um, like beer drinking, uh, like the tailgates are are they have a really good tailgate environment. Um, they have the the Bernie slide in the in uh and out in the outfield. You can kind of sweep. Think. I don't know how you do it, but people can slide down there and they do it every home run. They'll slide down. Um, they've had a lot of injuries. Um, Brandon Woodruff, probably one of the biggest ones, like one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, he's been out for a while. And uh, obviously they had that, that uh, Hater trade a couple or last season, which kind of derailed the rest of the season last year. Um, and now it's the Cole Corbin Corbin Burns thing. Like, where is he going to go? He's going to be a free agent soon. Like, are they going to trade him? I know Yankee fans probably would love to have him on their team, as any contending team would like to have him. So they're kind of in that, like, do we trade him? Like, are we, you know, like, they're kind of in that whole limbo thing as well. Uh, but the good thing for the Brewers is that the NL Central is bad. Like, the Pirates are good, but they're not going to run away. The Cardinals, they haven't been good. The Reds, like they might, they might actually catch up because last time I checked, they're four or five games out, and uh, they have they have a lot of young talent coming up. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Reds somehow sneak up and catch up to the Brewers, or at least stay competitive in that Central. Um, but the good thing for the Brewers is that the Central, nobody's running away with it. Like it's wide open, and it will be the whole season. Um, so if they were in any other division except maybe the the AL Central, the, the, the Twins and the Indian, uh, Guardians are also pretty bad through that their division. Um, but, yeah, so I think that's kind of in their favor is that they have a chance to just not lose the division. All right, Francisco. Well, I appreciate getting this time. Again, keep up good work. Your videos are awesome. Again, people can follow you on Instagram at Baseball Grind Pod, as well as Twitter, Baseball underscore Grind. That damn eye is missing. But, you know, whoever that person is, but, you know, yeah, go on them. But, I'll find them. But, but your stuff's great, and I, I encourage people and keep up the good work. And again, your interviews are great, and you, you know, with the minor leagues and all. And uh, you know, go, good luck with the podcast. Man, I love it, and thanks for having me on. I, I, I always, I'm always down to talk baseball. So if you ever need someone to come on again, just to talk some baseball, let me know. I'm, I'm in. You got it.